Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in film, Devin. And today, we're going to be giving our spoiler-free thoughts and insights on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Indie 5, the fifth and final indie, so they say. Um, that's not like foreshadowing. It's just, you know, franchises never really end anymore. <laughs> Tom Holland, Indiana Jones coming soon. Oh boy. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'd rather have him as Indiana Jones than, uh, Nathan Drake as Sony's little, uh, whipping boy, but you know, it is what it is. But before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on the podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at Film Optics, or you can email us at Film Optics. Again, that is optics with an X at gmail.com for any movie related questions. Devin, I, I got some good news. Some semi, I think it's good news. I bought us a domain. So we now officially own filmoptics.com, the domain name. So, oh, that's a surprise uh, for me too. I know, right? I was like, I went to a nice, we have like a, a monthly podcast thing here in town, a meeting, and we did like this podcast audit thing. And I was like, they were like, oh, who wants to share the podcast? So I was like, I'll share our show. And got a lot of positive feedback. We got some other, um, some other, other suggestions, I should say, but it was pretty good. And they're like, do you have a website? I was like, um, through Buzzsprout we do, but we do not have a domain. And they're like, well, uh, your domain is available, so you should hop on that. And I was like, you are absolutely right. <laughs> you are absolutely right. So, yeah, we are the owner of Film Optics at, or excuse me, filmoptics.com. Now I just have to figure out how to build a website <laughs> and we're good to go. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to share that news with all of our listeners out there. And of course, Devin wanted to get more of a, uh, a raw recording reaction from him all together there. But yeah. Yeah, we can, uh, can pick up, what is it, Wiki or no, Wix. Wix, Wix. is a web building site and there's like Squarespace. Got some mm -hmm. options. Yeah, GoDaddy. Uh, there's one called PodPage specifically for podcasters. I think we're going to look into that. It seems pretty interesting altogether, um, you know, without the extra stuff. But, yeah, we'll, we'll look into it. But as I mentioned, we're going to be covering Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. This is a spoiler-free review. But before we move any further, Devin, how's your week been? What have you been watching? What you been watching? What you been playing? What you been doing this week? Um, I haven't really been watching much to be honest. I've been playing Diablo Four. That's been oh. that's taken taken a hold of the friend group and a lot of people worldwide. I think it's sold like over six hundred sixty six million or something. Oh, crazy! Like you said that. it. Or 66 million? I don't know. Honestly, it would be very fitting for Diablo if it was 666 million. Um, yeah, I've I remember playing through Diablo 3 uh when it came out on console. I also remember like the initial launch um for PC and 
it did not go well. I was working at Best Buy at the time and people were kind of just like it, it. Yeah, there was like this big like uh, Air 66 thing going on that like nobody could log into. But eventually people did. Uh, I played the crap out of it on console Diablo 3. And I do want to get into Diablo 4. Um, it just depends whether I'm going to buy this for console or PC because I'm always stuck between those two options. Uh, my PT. PC is not necessarily up to snuff yet. Maybe towards the end of the year I can upgrade that bad boy. But it just depends. But I'm glad that you're having fun with uh, Diablo 4. I haven't been watching too much. I've just been, I mean, I've been watching a lot. Like, going to a lot of screeners. You know, we just saw Indiana Jones. Of course, we've been watching a few other films like Elemental, Transformers, getting that stuff out of the way. Um, but I think this... I think this three-day weekend, I'm definitely going to try to uh, finally tackle the rest of Love and Death, because that's only like six or seven episodes. And then from there, I need to go somewhere else. I want to watch season two of Sweet Tooth, but I'm not sure if I should yet. Yeah, I I keep forgetting about that one, too. Yeah, because I also, I want to, like, I feel like I can watch Barry, because they're only like 30-minute episodes. I want to watch... Uh, start succession as well. I just haven't had a chance to watch it. Same thing with um, uh, Yellow Jackets. You know, there's a lot to watch out there, and but there's always there's also so many movies right now, and it's kind of uh, it's it's a task for sure. But one day at a time. Slow motion is better than no motion. So as we mentioned before, we're going to be diving into our review here in a second. Just wanted to let our new listeners know if you are. New here to the show, welcome. Uh, we're going to be giving spoiler-free thoughts, and then we're just going to give our final thoughts and our ratings. This is going to be more of a quicker review in a way. Uh, we're not going to go super deep into it because it is a blockbuster. We want people to enjoy this experience on their own. There's a lot of Indiana Jones fans out there, including myself. So, yeah, without further delay, we'll be right back after this introduction to... Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Stay where you are. Don't move. Who are these people? We need to get out of here. Are they with you? Not an inch, Michal. Michal, stop! back with our Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny review. This film was directed by James Mangold and the writers include John Henry Butterworth. (laughs) That's a great last name. Uh, David Kipp, James Mangold himself also writing um, for writing credit and Jez Butterworth. We got two Butterworths. (laughs) Yeah, double butter. Butter both sides. Butter both sides. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) 
Man, haven't heard that term in forever. That, that's, that's a nice little inside joke there for sure. But this movie stars, of course, the man himself, Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and Karen Allen, just to name a few. So we're just going to get straight on in to our thoughts. So Devin, give me your thoughts. You got five seconds. Not really, but oh, yeah. Boy, five seconds. <laughs> It's a lot less time than the movie has. So. You know what? Eric Voss could probably do it because he talks very fast for new rock stars. He could do anything when it comes to a movie breakdown. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've, I guess I can start with kind of my history with Indiana Jones. I'm not like a super fan or anything. Just kind of I've watched the first few movies. It has been a while, but I honestly don't think I ever watched uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Nor have I. The uh, Shia LaBeouf one. Mm, I so yeah, that's to. kind of I just always heard bad things so I was like alright I'll, I'll just skip that one but um, going into this one I know James Mangold <clears throat> has been on quite a hot streak here he's one of the I'd say kind of underrated directors we have going nowadays because he's he's not like a, a big name that you would expect to hear but he just consistently gets it done I mean Walk the Line mm-hmm. uh, Logan Ford v Ferrari just very very solid director and, and and even when you think about just logan it's just kind of a similar idea where you you want to keep a legacy character going and you don't want to mess up what they've done before but you want to create a, a good story where you can kind of have a send-off for them and have it all work and come together so it's kind mm-hmm. of a similar idea they went with here and i think that that works to some degree um overall i, I did enjoy the movie i think um, there's definitely some pacing issues throughout and the ending i think for for this movie specifically the ending is going to be like the thing that that determines whether you like this movie or not like it's the mm-hmm. the, the turning point for the entire audience because it's like it's a wild ending and it comes out of left field so either you're gonna be along for the ride and really enjoy it or it's gonna take you right out of it and that's kind of what happened to me like the ending just kind of off the rails completely and i was just like whoa what is what are we doing here <laughs> so that's kind of how this movie goes i did really like the prologue it was a really cool sequence that's about 20 minutes long um, yeah. where that's where most of the the age for Harrison Ford is and it is a bit distracting at times it's just it's just that that bit off you can just tell something's not quite right that uncanny, uncanny valley effect where he's looking to the left or right and it just doesn't <laughs> doesn't look right but other than that um I think the best part about this movie is how they they kept the action scenes like age appropriate for the star of the show which is obviously Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones they didn't have him do like any crazy jumps or or running or anything out of out of the ordinary for what is literally an 80 year old man like he is so old at this point <laughs> they didn't have him out there looking looking weird and doing sunset the old man wouldn't do and they, they had him show his age too which was nice like yeah it, it all seemed realistic enough where um throughout the movie except towards the end things start to get a little unrealistic but yeah, I um so and I'll talk about the CGI thing in, here in a second because I uh, did tweet out my initial reactions uh, for everyone to kind of just to get an idea of what the movie is. I stated that Indiana Jones itself suffers from a long runtime, but it stays faithful to the classic Andy that we all know and love. Phoebe Waller Bridge was the highlight of the film because she definitely was. Um, the action scenes were well played to Harrison Ford's. Ford's age, 100%, like you just said, they didn't have him do any flips and kicks, you know, he's, he's not, uh, he's not Michael Keaton, you know, running around playing Batman again, but, <laughs> um, I didn't love the movie, but I didn't 
hate it either because I feel like the pacing, like you mentioned, Devin, was a bit touch and go. But ultimately, I had a good time with the movies because this felt like an Indiana Jones movie. And I told myself I was going to watch all the Indiana Jones leading up. Um, I'm going to stop doing that for a lot of movies because I want something after. Like, if anything, this makes me want to go back and watch the other Indiana Jones movies. I was able to watch um, uh, the Lost uh, Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark beforehand. And, you know, it. I kind of forgot that Indiana Jones was like this kind of like this James Bond-esque person in a way, but, you know, he's like more like James Bond goes on adventures, but this is more, you know, treasure hunting. You know, obviously we've had other uh, mediums come out of this that are heavily influenced by Indiana Jones, whether it be the Uncharted series for PlayStation or um, Tomb Raider, of course. Um, we don't talk about the Uncharted movie, but, you know, it is what it is. Indiana Jones light. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even call it that, man. Ken- Kentucky <laughs> Jones. <laughs> Kentucky. <laughs> no, no offense to any K- Kentucky <laughs> listeners out there. Although Indiana's, it's it's towards the bottom when it comes to states. Like let's just yeah. Be I mean, so I mean, Ohio's kind of there too. <laughs> no, it's not 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 near Indiana. Like Ohio Jones. There's at least some major cities in Ohio. <laughs> That's. True. That's very true. <laughs> New York Jones. I will watch that. <laughs> New York. New York Jones. Arkansas Jones. Arkansas Jones. There we go. I like that. Not Arkansas. Arkansas. Or can- I mean, yeah, Ar- it, could, it could be could be Holland Jones. Tom Holland. I like, yeah, uh, uh, I like I like the way you think. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> but uh, to get back my initial reactions i i did enjoy the movie like i feel like they don't make movies like this anymore because like i said it feels like an indiana jones movie he is like this james bond as character but he's more of an adventurer i believe yeah i i think harrison ford is around like he's between like 75 80 years old i'm very surprised that he did this because we've known from you know star wars the force awakens Clearly, like, he just looks so tired. He's had such an amazing career, but he really gives it his all here. Like, he doesn't seem like, oh, like, well, I'm just here for the paycheck type situation. Like Devin mentioned, the first 20 minutes is, like, this super, like, awesome, like, train chase sequence. And I think when it comes to the CGI, what you were talking about for his face, I think the CGI on his face looked very good, but it did not match his body type, because obviously when you get older, he starts to, you know, his chest is like kind of pumping out like that, you know, but it, he's, he doesn't have the same physique as he would as he was a younger man. I think the the scenes with the de-aging are as good as they can look, but it's still noticeable. Like there's just yeah. nothing you can do because any, any adult is just going to notice right away that there's just something off. Yeah, I, I think it, but like, yeah, like to its credit, I do think that like the de aging did look pretty good, like for what they can do. Like, it wasn't like Luke Skywalker, obviously, the, the young Luke Skywalker at the end of Mandalorian season two, where it's like, okay, you know, Mr. Hamill, we need you to sit right here and like just, just don't move. <laughs> We're gonna like overline this face when it's like, you probably could have just got someone else to play a younger Luke Skywalker. You know, I feel like if they wanted to do that for Indiana Jones moving forward, they could probably get someone who looks 
like Indiana Jones, you know, get um Aldrich, I think that's his name. The guy he played young Han Solo. And um Yeah, just have so, him do all the Indiana movies. I would actually for all the Harrison movies. Yeah, all the Harrison movies. I wouldn't mind that if they wanted to move this uh series forward, but they did say this is, you know, Indiana Jones's final adventure. Um when it comes to like these iconic characters, you know, they, they kind of stick with that certain person. So maybe, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if they would ever make another one. I don't think they need to, to be completely honest. It's not that the uh, kingdom of crystal skull, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch that this weekend. It's not that kingdom of crystal skull was like so bad that they couldn't make another one. It's just what more can you do? Like clearly, you know, Harrison Ford's still doing a few things, but it's, you know, he, I'm surprised he hasn't retired already, to be completely honest with you. But yeah, if, if anything, this this kind of gives me some hope for the uh, upcoming Captain America movie where he's going to be playing yeah. uh, Red, Red <laughs> Hulk, even though he doesn't know who Red Hulk is, apparently. Oh, he is a man of very few, uh, few words when it comes to interviews. And I love it how every single time someone asks him, like, oh, do you think Han shot first in A New Hope? He's like, I, I don't do know. I do not care. Yeah, he's like, I don't know, and I don't care, <laughs> like, whatsoever. I'm like, I, I want to ask him, like, hey, like, what would Indiana Jones is, like, like, what's his meal looking like after, like, a big adventure? Like, what would Indiana Jones eat? Like, what do you think his his um, foods of choice would be? Because it would be something pretty nice if I was, you know, doing these kickflips and whips and whatnot but overall you know i didn't enjoy it um i'm hijacking everything and i do apologize Devin, is there anything else you wanted to mention about indiana jones the dial of destiny yeah i also wanted to bring up phoebe waller bridge i, I did enjoy her character for, for some reason i thought she like had a writing part in this movie but i guess mm. i mixed that up with something else maybe it's like a tomb raider movie that she's also writing Ooh, I would love to see her as Laura Croft now that you mention it. I don't think, I don't know if she's playing it, but I think, yeah, I just remember seeing something about her being involved in it. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed her character. It was kind of a nice, a nice dynamic between her and Indy as the quote unquote father figure, the godfather, more, <laughs> uh, yeah, more so. But, mm. um, yeah, I've liked her ever since Fleabag and. It seems like she hasn't really... Oh, yeah, that's what I got confused with. She, she was a writer on No Time to Die. That's what I was thinking of. Mm, I got you. I got you. And then I also... I don't know if you were, you were just about to bring this up, but I was going to talk about the the villains of this one because, for me, I really enjoy those actors. Matt Mickelson and Boyd Holbrook. They are both very, very fantastic, like, villainous actors. And, and all the all the times they play villainous roles, they definitely nail it every time, but... For this movie, they didn't really like grab my attention. They didn't. Their motivations never really resonated with me. I don't know how you feel, but uh, just kind of like they did a good job, but something about yeah. it just didn't really wasn't really memorable for me. So for the villain, and I also wanted to bring up uh, Teddy as well, but we'll get to him in a second because I wanted to get your thoughts on him. Um, for the villain, you know, Mads Mikkelsen, you know, it's it's. It's, it's the Nazis again, you know, which is fine. You know, there's a lot of callbacks to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, if you want to watch this movie or if you if there is an Indiana Jones movie you want to watch, just to give yourself a bit of a, of a refresher, you can definitely just watch Raiders of the Lost Ark and be totally fine. But the I, I like the villains. 
like you said, um, I, I thought that they did a phenomenal job. But there was a sequence that happened in the beginning of the movie that did not correlate with when someone uh, appears later on. Yeah, I was that's like, something I noticed also. I was like, I was like, wait, he he got that happened to him, and then his face yeah. is the same now. I'm I was like, this confused. person should either be dead or have a disfigured face. Yeah, I was like, that made no sense to me at all. I was very confused by that. But outside of that, I thought they were a great villain pair uh, between the two. And, of course, Antonio Banderas making his uh, uh, appearance again um, for a short time. But, you know, he's he's there. He's yeah, there's a couple <laughs> cameos here and there mm-hmm. um, from the past movies. Yeah, and like like you said, John. Um, I'm sorry, uh, John Reese Day, uh, Davis. He you know he, he makes his appearance as well. But yeah, it's. I thought the villains were good. It's just the pacing was very, like I said, touch and go. Where you know, like obviously it's like a rat race type situation, but there's also a lot of chase scenes in this movie. And then of course the third act just goes completely bonkers. Was not expecting that whatsoever, but. Yeah, definitely unexpected. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if, if you if you try to go in and guess what's going to happen, I, I don't think you can. Oh no i I had no clue what this because when I first saw Let, this, I mean, I was, dare, dare I say Shyamalan esque ending? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh yes, that is a very good analogy. That's a very good point. Didn't even think about that, but it's. I, I thought they did good, a good job with that. The the villains were cool. Like I said, it's just that that one thing. I'm like, they didn't even explain it. They just kept on chucking, and I was like, okay, cool. But I of will course, say, we gotta we gotta mention John Williams doing the score. It's just it's just perfect every time. I will say, yeah, the score was probably one of my favorite parts next to Phoebe Waller Bridge, and her. Um, dynamic or relationship with um, Teddy. I don't know the actor's name who plays Teddy. Ethan with two N's. Isidore. Ethan with two, oh, Ethan Isidore. There he is. I'm looking him on the Oh, this is like his first this is his first movie ever. Yeah, I thought like. he did a pretty good job. I was definitely getting some Black Adam vibes which is kind of a like random teenager <laughs> along for the ride, but <laughs> was, was he in, wait no I was gonna say was he in black I'm like that was not the same kid. I'm like, I literally just said, oh, this is his first movie. But yeah, no, I just, just a little bit, but a better version of what we got from Black Adam because wow. But I, I guess for this movie, you know, we've talked about the run, the runtime. I don't know if it's the runtime or if it's the pacing. I think it's more so the pacing because this movie clocks in around two hours and 25 ish minutes. But it feels a lot longer than that because I think the second act and the third act really just blend together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but once we get through the the uh, prologue and that like really cool action scene, there's definitely yeah. like a slowdown where we're just kind of going from different locations, and meeting characters. Um, I will say like every every set, like all the sets, all the like locations that they chose, just all looked amazing. Like James mm-hmm. Mangold killed it with the look of this movie. Yeah, the production design of this film was, like, awesome. It was funny. You know, like, the script wasn't, like, the best, I don't think. But for an Indiana Jones movie, like, it 
like it felt like Indiana Jones. Yeah, I think I think it's, what it boils down to is like they nailed the look, the appearance, like the performances, the music, all of it's there to be a good Indiana Jones movie. It's just the writing. They just took a couple swings that may or may not hit depending on the person. I would say. Yeah, but like if if you're a big Indiana Jones fan, I I think you're definitely gonna enjoy this this film altogether but yeah uh let's get into our final thoughts in our ratings here so Devin, what would you rate indiana jones and the dial of destiny and what are your final thoughts on this blockbuster yeah for me this is definitely more one of the more like middle of the road movies for me this so far this summer and this year where definitely didn't hate it um but there's definitely just some choices and there's just some times where it just feels a little bit long and that really does affect how you feel about it at the end. And like I said before, the ending, that's going to be the determining factor, whether or not you, you love this movie and the ending just kind of lost me. So that definitely had a big (laughs) effect, but as far as the score goes, I'd probably go with like a, like a 70 overall, like it gets the job done for an Indiana Jones movie, but they just kind of took some swings. And for me, they were misses. Yeah. I, I would agree with you on the score um, section. I definitely would give it a 70 out of 100 as well. So in that you know 70 and 70 medium, it's just going to be 74, the podcast score all overall. But I, I do agree. But I, I do want to commend the, uh, the, the fight choreography because they really did, you know, they, they slowed things down for Harrison Ford. And, you know, he, he moved the way he was supposed to and did what he could. And I, I thought it, it came together very beautifully. Like, even though they kind of slowed down some of like the action stunts, I I thought they did. I think that was definitely one of the highlights. Obviously, the production design, the music, it's always great for Indiana Jones. It really just, it always puts you in the mood, puts you right in the scene. Phoebe Waller-Bridge does a phenomenal job. And all I'm saying is I would love to see her as Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. Let's make it happen. I'm just saying she could do it. She definitely could. Um, but yeah, overall, I think Disney did a good job for uh, their first and hopefully their last Indiana Jones uh, movie, uh, just because I, I don't think you can really go anywhere with this. And I kind of just want franchises to just like end. You know what I mean? Because I didn't have a lot of hopes or like a lot of. Um, I didn't have like a lot of thoughts going into this before. Like I wasn't like super excited. I was like, Oh yeah. But like, you know, it's Indiana Jones. Like he's kind of like the, the adventurer James Bond. So, but yeah, 70 out of, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad they didn't transfer it over to a different actor. Like, yeah, hopefully it just stays with Harrison Ford. Yeah. You know, he can just hang up his hat and just, just have a good time. You know what I mean? Just overall. But as we mentioned before, Devin and I are both giving this a 70 out of a hundred, which means that the official podcast score for Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny will be a 70 out of a hundred all together. But with all that said, that concludes today's episode. If you like what you heard on today's episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your preferred podcast platform of choice and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay at the know. That is film optics, optics with an X. And don't forget to share an episode of our podcast with a fellow movie lover, whether it be your mother, your brother, or your significant other. Spread the love of the Film Optics Podcast to every corner of the globe. Now, let's take a sneak peek 
and what's coming up next on the show. So coming up next, we have our Marvel's Secret Invasion episode one and two review. That's going to be spoiler free, so you don't have to worry about us diving into any juicy bits there. And we're also going to be covering the Netflix to dumb event, the events kind of thing. So um, very excited to see what happens there. It's just going to be more of like a highlight reel. We're not going to dive into everything, but it's something fun. And I was like, you know what? The, the lineup looks pretty sweet. So I'm, I'm very excited to see um, what happens there. And as far as what you can listen to right now on the podcast, you can listen to our Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse spoiler-free review, as well as our Elemental and our Transformers Rise of the Beasts review as well and as always thank you all for listening if you enjoy the show please take a moment to leave us a five-star rating and review on apple podcasts or spotify and stay connected to us by following us on twitter and instagram for the latest updates i'm christian and that was Devin signing off and remember folks life is like a movie so go out there and make it a blockbuster peace